delivering all the news, the informed views, and just telling great motorsport stories since 2003. Powered by the Racetalk.com. This is on the grid. G'day everyone and welcome to another episode of On The Grid here on my podcast, house.com or on the Radio Show Limited's RS1. Thank you so much for joining us. Big show coming your way. We'll wrap up a big weekend in supercars at Sandown and we'll do that with Will Brown from Erebus in just a sec. Richard Crowell will join me for that chat and then we'll also be joined by Tom Archuli, the Doric guy, and Mark Walker towards the end of the show to uh, have a chat about all the issues that have come out of the weekend at Sandown as the cars get ready to head to Bukakoe in Auckland in a couple of weeks' time. All that to come right here on The Grid. You're listening to the latest from around the motorsport world. On The Grid. All right, as I always do off the top of the show, Richard Crail, g'day to you. Hey, Shebex, how are you? Very well, thank you, mate. Uh, have a good weekend at Sandown. Loved Sandown. Big bad Sandown. What a good place to go motor racing. Fascinating weekend. Lots of uh, things to unpick, as we'll do later on in the show. But looking forward to chatting to our first guest about what was a pretty strong weekend for him. Yeah, it was actually probably the strongest weekend he's had for this year. A podium, finally, after I think 280 days of being podium less. Will Brown from Erebus joins us for a chat. G'day, Will. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for jumping on board, mate. Nice to spray some champagne again. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get to spray the champagne uh, because I was in pit lane there, right. but uh, just nice to get a uh, get a trophy again and be back on the podium. Uh, sounds like a long time when you put it at 280 <laughs> days. Uh, it's really nice to finally be back there. It's been a lean run, mate, the middle of the season. I know things didn't go to plan, especially after the year started really well for the Boost Mobile boys. So what's been behind this turnaround? Because you were really strong at the Ben Motorsport Park in a, a couple of weeks ago as well. Yeah, we probably had a, um, you know, I'd really say got ourselves a little bit lost at the start of the year with uh, a few things we were trying. And then, um, you know, we had that uh, tail and bend test day we were able to do as being rookies. And, um yeah, just went back to sort of what we know and just tuned it from there. And I think um, I think it just allows us, we've got a lot more tools that if we don't roll out of the trailer perfect, we can sort of get it somewhere in the window. So, um, yeah, I think it's positive. Uh, we had a good run at Tail and Ben. Um, and then, you know, we, we had a good run, um, obviously, on the weekend. So hopefully we can turn it around and have a, a strong end for the season. From the way I've seen it this year for you guys, it seems like it's taken you a day and a bit just to get the setup right on your car. The, the car comes out of the truck, you go out there, practice, even first qualifying, even first race, and things just aren't right. But the Sunday has been pretty good for you guys. It's just those early days. Yeah, it's, that's right. If, if you don't, we, as everyone knows in this category, if you don't roll out of the trailer right, you're chasing your tail all weekend. So those guys that roll out and can just tune a little bit more into the window, um, it's so hard to beat them on a weekend. So we're just trying to get that right where we're positive and, uh, and, you know, really confident in the setup we roll out of the trailer. And then I think Sandown showed that. We haven't tested at Sandown. We haven't been to Sandown for a lot of years. Um, and, you know, the setup we ran on the weekend was probably completely different to something, a traditional era of setup, but more something that uh, the engineering group and myself know, um, uh, you know, ourselves lately. So, um, yeah, I think it was positive and hopefully it rolls into a, you know, a, a positive end of the year. How difficult is it to get these cars in the window at the moment, Will? Because... The only consistent thing about supercars at the moment is that Shane Van Gisbergen is the only consistent thing about supercars. <laughs> Everyone else rolls out, has a good weekend, and then next weekend they're at the back of the top 10 or even further back. It, it seems like a theme of this year that that punching in three or four 
really solid weekends in a row is a massive challenge. What do you put that down to? Oh, I also put it down to just the competitiveness of the field these days. You don't have, you know, when, when I was sort of looking at getting the main game, I don't want to be rude, but there were some teams that were always finishing down the back, you know, mm. every weekend. Um, but we don't have that anymore. You know, every team nearly is capable of getting a top 10. You saw um, from James Golding on the weekend with Premier, he was in the top 10. All your team 18s are in the top 10. Groves are. Um, so if you're if you're outside of the window a little bit these days, you're you're nearly 20th, where I, I feel like when you used to be outside of the window, you're 11th or 12th um, mm. if you're with a good team. So it's, it's definitely made it a lot more competitive this year and I think hard to just, you know, always be in that top 10. The, uh, the talk always is you've got to beat your teammate. That's the first person you've got to beat. And when you look at the championship, your teammate Brody's eighth, you're 13th, and that seems like a big gap. It's only 100 points. There's really nothing in it between the two of you. Yeah, it's been great. We've been able to claw back a little bit. Um, you know, we're not someone that gets too caught up on that. Like, I've uh, had a fair few DNFs this year um, and a few things not go our way with pit stops. So um, I think the results have been fairly similar between the two of us. But... Um, you know, we're not so much going, oh, you know, Brody's beaten us and that as a team, we just want to move forward. If that means Brody moving to seventh in the championship and I move into ninth, we'll be happy. Um, but yeah, it, it is great to obviously be as quick as Brody or, or quicker on the weekend. But, um, you know, like I say, we're not, we're not someone that gets too caught up on, you know, oh, I just want to beat my teammate. We're, we're working together as a team. And I think that's really evident, the fact that there's two thirds of the season gone and you're only 100 points difference between the two of you for the year, I think that really means that, you know, you're both pumped out pretty similar stuff every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty close. I see on the weekend, I had, you know, I think I finished fourth for the weekend, which clawed back a fair few points on, you know, a few of those guys. Cause I think I was 14th going in and I was a bit of more of a spread, but like you say, it's only, I think a hundred points points from about 13th to uh, eighth in the championship. So it's going to be uh, pretty tight to the end of the year to try and get back in that top 10. So you've strung together a couple of really good weekends, fast-flowing, smooth circuit at Pukekohe and then what's basically a street circuit at Sandown. That must give you confidence going into Puki in a couple of weeks that you should be able to unload there and be reasonably competitive off the truck or the shipping container, as it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm pretty confident heading over there. Like you say, it's, it's similar to some of the tracks we've, uh, we've raced on recently and, um, you know, we've got there, um, that you know, like I say, fairly confident, but then we head to Bathurst, which our cars are, are really good at so hopefully can have a good Pukekohe and then head to Bathurst where you never know what can happen there um but you know I feel like we should roll out pretty fast as well I think it's probably the first time ever in supercars history that you've raced around a horse racing track twice consecutive yeah. in consecutive yeah. race meetings yeah that's right have you been there Will because yeah you, I, the, 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 we haven't been there since 2019 yeah, I actually raced there in 2016 in Toyota 86. Oh, right. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, I went over there and did a uh, did a race meet um, in there, 86 championship, which was I actually thought you might have, I thought you might have come over in Formula 4 year as well. Uh, no, I don't think Formula 4 ever ran there. Yeah, they did one year. It might have oh, been the year okay. after you. Must have been the year after yeah. me, yeah. Yep. Yeah, right. That, that just sprung to mind that we, because of the pandemic, we haven't been there since 2019 and you were still super two bound at that point. So there you go. No, that, that'll be uh, pretty full on. It's a sketchy old racetrack, Pukekohe. She's going to be big. Yeah, it looks that way. It looks pretty. I was watching some of, uh, you know, I always watch a few of the old races heading up into the event and it uh, looks pretty wild through turn one. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to race there. I think it'll be an awesome event uh, 
you know, just with it, it being the last one, I think all the New Zealand crowd will really get around it. Uh, Co-Driver Cup was on Friday afternoon, which means we're counting down to the Bathurst 1000 and your little mate Jack Perkins jumped behind the wheel of your car. How did he go and how are you feel things are building up before the great race? Yeah, Jack's just one of those guys that'll go out there and bang out, you know, quality lap times and not make a mistake and um, and he'll be a really solid co-driver. So he's, he's an awesome pick. Um, he did a good job in the in the co-driver session and he did a great job in uh, Super 2 on the weekend. He had some some really good pace. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be awesome. I think, uh, you know, we should roll up the Bathurst and really have a shot. And are you, are you in the, Oh, sorry, Richard. Sorry, Shabex. Are, are you in the bring back the Sandown 500 club so the co-drivers can get some more laps? See, I'm actually in the bring back bloody a lot more co-driver races. Yeah. You know, bring, bring back Gold Coast 600, bring back Sandown. Um, you know, as a young guy, um, I love the, uh, you know, when I, when I was co-driving, I loved the uh, three Enduros. It made it awesome. Maybe it is, you know, maybe I rely on a third, second driver um, for a fair few events, but that used to be awesome. And I reckon let the uh, co-drivers qualify at one of the races or something, make it interesting. <laughs> Nice. That would be very interesting. Love very it. Interesting. Hey, uh, how important is it to get that co-driver right nowadays? It's been important in the past. <coughs> you want a good co-driver, but everyone's so close between those guys now. There's a second and a half separating 24 blokes. Yeah, yeah, it's hard. It's hard these days. Obviously, uh, you need a really quality guy. Um, that's from lap times to not making mistakes in the pit stops to all of that. And, uh, you know, someone like Jack uh, has got all of that. Like he's he's done the race. He knows that if you're doing a brake rotor change, not to hold his foot on the brake or or do something like that, which a, which a young guy, you know, I know I made that mistake first year and cost us a lot of time. So it's something these days that you just, you can't get a thing wrong with the, at the Bathurst 1000. I'm glad you mentioned not making mistakes and pit stops. How's Barry going? <laughs> yeah, he's going good. We had an awesome weekend, actually. I think... Uh, I think it was positive. The, the boys did awesome stops the whole way through. I think only my last race cost us something, a, a few seconds due to I copped a pretty big whack off the start um, in the left rear, which made it hard for him to get it off. But pit stops have been positive. Uh, I think we've just slowed it all down and, you know, just trying to get consistent over the weekend, not the fastest. Uh, one thing we love about you, Will Brown, is that you'll drive anything with four wheels, sometimes less, I would imagine. Uh, and you're doing double duties again this year in TCR. So middle of a very competitive championship there, driving the Audi for Melbourne Performance Centre. How's that season going? Yeah, probably probably not as good as I wanted it to, um, but I think a lot of people are like that in TCR. I think I've had um, one or two DNFs and then, you know, a last place finish due, due to being a lap down. So um, we headed into Sydney Motorsport Park thinking we're second in the championship. We could come out first and, and we left there being ninth um, after... DNF in the first race and then starting last in the next two. So it's a tough championship like that. You obviously don't qualify again. And, and there's been two rounds now where I've, you know, had a DNF at the start of the weekend. So then you're, you're trying to claw your way back all weekend. So like I said, a bit annoying. Um, you know, I wanted to come in and have another really good shot at it, which, you know, I, I, it's still close in the championship. Anything can happen in the last few rounds. But, um, yeah, hopefully it uh, ends up a little bit better. Yep, hopefully it does for you, mate. A big year to come in supercars, especially with these last few races, uh, Auckland and then straight to Bathurst. <coughs> Is it nice uh, 2022 for you guys that you've had a full year going to different racetracks, crowds, all that sort of stuff? Compare this year to the last two. 
Oh yeah, it's awesome. You know, last year was was a fantastic year, as in for us uh, with Sydney and Bathurst and all that. But to step up in your first main game year, it just wasn't uh, wasn't like it used to be. I remember my first year as a Bathurst co-driver, 2018 with Erebus. That obviously won the race the year before. Um, I think we qualified third and first, and just the drivers' parade, the lap before um, the race, um, where we sit in the back of the car. You know, there was just that atmosphere that was just like, you know, nothing before. So I think we're getting that back um, now that fans can be there. But, you know, that's just that's that's the best part about the racing is just everyone being there and having a good time. And then, uh, you know, all, all of that. So so it is awesome. It's awesome to see everyone back and, and big crowds coming back to the track. Last one from me, mate. How's the used car business at the moment? Yeah, I'm actually here right now. I flew back in Monday night late and I've been back at work. So, uh, yeah, it's busy, busy as always. So, um yeah, mum and dad have been working hard and uh, I float back when I can and uh, help them out. Good on you, mate. Appreciate your time today. Thank you so much. Congratulations on that podium at Sandown and may there be a few more to come for the remainder of 2022. Thanks for that. I hope so. Good on you. Will Brown joining us here on The Grid. There's more great motorsport stories coming next on The Grid. All right, Richard, joining us for our second part of the program, Mark Walker. Hello to you, Mark. Hey, Shebeki. Uh... Oh, it's bad to be back on Zoom, isn't it? I saw you actually in person. We had all Team TRT together on the weekend. It was incredible. It was lovely to have uh, to be with you guys and Dale. Unfortunately, this man couldn't be with us, Tom Archuli. Hello, Tom. Bless your backs. Hey, boys. How are we? Good. We missed you on uh, the weekend, mate. Where were you? Yeah, sorry. I was at a uh, DJR sponsor forum, so I was swanning up with all the sponsors on Friday night at a really posh restaurant in uh, in Melbourne. So I'm sorry I couldn't make it out to the burger <laughs> joint. Did my mate Brett Ralph pick up the bill? He was there. He was there. Yeah, he was there. Good old Ralphie. Welcome. Yes. Uh, for those not playing at home, uh, we had our the the race talk uh, on the grid annual general meeting on uh, Friday night. Which involved... oh, we haven't had many general annual general meetings in the last few years, have we? No. Oh. Well, our, I think our last annual general meeting, to be honest, was the twenty nineteen Bathurst Adelaide. Oh, yeah, maybe I was going to say yeah, Adelaide five hundred, but yeah, Bathurst. Yeah, before it all went to crap. Mm-hmm. You could be yep. right. So we had a very enjoyable night. Um, One motion was passed, and unfortunately, it took a staff member about 15 minutes to clean it up. But oh, no. No, you didn't just do that. <laughs> anyway, while we were all in Melbourne, it was a nice opportunity to get together. And uh, I think the biggest breaking news out of the weekend was that, that despite um, promises on social media, Tom Archuli wore long pants. Uh, yes. Couldn't yeah. couldn't harden up to that Melbourne weather, Tommy, and uh, the shorts were firmly kept in the uh, in the uh, luggage. I could not believe how cold it was. I've never been so cold in a racetrack before in my life. Like I've been to Pukekohe, I've been to Bathurst, Winton, uh, Simmons Plains, Winton. Phillip I've never Island. been so cold. Yeah, Phillip what about Island. The, I don't know how if cold you was band, the band? How cold like, was the band, Richard? You did the band and Sandown and no, the band was colder. Was, the band was colder than Sandown. I don't think it was terribly cold there in the weekend. Oh, there was no. a great outcome from the weather because it was supposed to flood. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, the weather was outstanding for what was forecast. I, I don't think Tom, you've done Phillip Island when it is in full gateway to hypothermia mode, because that is the coldest racetrack on the planet. Yeah, it is when it is it like that makes Sandown look like Fiji. The wind was unreal. That wind was just so icy. I just could not believe how cold it was. Friday practice Simmons Plans twenty fifteen. Uh, it, when it was raining sideways, it was just about to snow. Afterwards, my hands were blue. I had to go and just 
put them under the hot water tap in the vannies. Oh. It was like that. That was bad. Mm. Uh, can I pass a, an extra motion? Then, if our meeting still open, before. no, no, no. Uh, that uh, I pass a motion that Tom Archuli is a little bit soft. Yeah, yeah, not my friend. Yeah, shout out to Lara Lowndes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely smoked me on Twitter. Yeah, hi, Lara. Yeah, yeah, and probably deserved. Speaking of smoking, uh, that 97 car did it again. <laughs> Yeah, look, as predicted uh, on the show a week ago, but it didn't necessarily come easy, did it? And and there was a real arm wrestle over the weekend between Shane and Will Davison in particular, who put up a really good fight. Terrific win on Saturday for uh, Car 17 and then a, a fighting drive on Sunday. In the end, in race 26, the, the strategy just didn't quite play out. and There wasn't enough of a an, an overcut there to to drag that margin back on fresher rubber at the end of the race. So that was a little bit frustrating that the tyre deg just wasn't a massive thing. So we really didn't get a grandstand finish like it perhaps could have delivered, but still a really fighting performance from Will Davison all weekend. And that, that Saturday race win was as accomplished as any win I think Will's put together in his more recent career. So really solid drive. Shane, though, 500 championship points in front now. That is Crazy. an enormous margin. Uh, and there's, there, there's every realistic chance, boys, that he comes out of Pukekohe and heads to Bathurst with two rounds clear. Uh, and that's pretty good insurance when you're going to Bathurst and then the Gold Coast, isn't it? He just doesn't make a mistake, does he? Although there's the team, they just consistently, just every single race, you're waiting for them to fall and they just do not fall. He does not fall. Like how many consecutive races now is it first and second? Isn't it like eight or something like that where he's first and second in eight mm. straight races? Yeah, back to Townsville. Yep. The bloke's on, the bloke is unstoppable. Unstoppable. So is Will Davison driving the best he ever has? Because he's shown up Anton Di Pasquale. There's not many points in it, but he's consistently getting good results, second place, has got his second win for the season up there in the weekend. But then it was also that inconsistency. He got two poles. The other qualifying session, he was on fire. So he was <laughs> back in the pack and then the team uh, fluffed the pit stop and he got penalised when he wound up back in 15th. So uh, the Sunday morning race was a, a bit of a kablamo. It would have been interesting if he had a couple more laps there in that last race, I reckon, mm. we would have seen if, if Shane was still playing with his food or if yeah. it would have been a, a real genuine fight. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah. And in answer to the initial question, is he driving the best of his career? You'd have to say it's right up there. He certainly hasn't gone backwards. Um, and yeah, now 18 months into this Shell V power racing journey for him, it's, it's all really gelling and, and he, on the weekend was comfortably the, the team leader of the two cars there at that team. And look, you said there's not many points between he and Anton and you're right. It's three, <laughs> but at the same time, um, it was car 17, clearly the one to beat out of the, the Ford stable on the weekend. So it sets up a really interesting, interesting little fight towards the end, because I, I feel like there's a bit of feeling between the tick for DJR thing to be best of the rest this year. And more importantly, be best Mustang home. So you've got Cam Waters, who had a another Tickford weekend after a really good run of form, had a, a fairly inconsistent one and dropped it on his own in that final race as well. So he's on 1993 points, Will Davo 1974 and Anton 1971. 
So less than 20 points covering, sorry, 22 points covering those three drivers going into Pukekohe, all of them Ford Mustangs and none of them going to beat Shane in the championship this year. So I think there's a little bit of bragging rights there. And at the moment, if I had to put my money on anyone, it'd probably be Will Davo to be P2 by the end of the year. And if you're best of the rest in this year, it's almost as good as a championship win. I was going to say that, I was going to say, for me, he looks probably the most invigorated he's been for a long time and he's driving as well. He seems to have some certainty about where he's at in the future. He seems to be very comfortable and happy with the team that he's at. And I'd probably nearly say, well, while you say, Mark, that he's driving the best he is, he's probably feeling the best he is as well. And that's definitely coming out in his driving. But you go back to the start of last season when the, the Scotty McLaughlin, the post-Scotty sort of era kicked off of that team. Oh, Anton's the new Scotty. He's the young, hot thing that's sliced bread. And here we are 18 months later and it's Willie's right there, absolutely sticking it to him, which is, it's cool to see that a team has got two gun drivers <laughs> lined mm. up and they sort of feel each other along, which is uh, a good thing for the team. Cause you go back to the Scotty era and there was Scotty and Fabian and Fabian by the end was getting absolutely smoked by Scotty. So he got two guys who are more than capable of getting the results on any given weekend. Yeah, that result was coming for Will. Like he's had some really big opportunities, like Darwin and Townsville. Yeah, you know, he's been he was leading those those races by good margins in Townsville, where they obviously stopped earlier to undercut um, before. So I think that result's been coming where a dominant win was was there for Will, um, but obviously some bad luck on the Sunday morning really stopped him from having a three good 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 races uh, on the weekend. But yeah, good results for Willie. Um, he's very confident and. Second in the championship is his for the taking. The other pleasing thing for mine, Shebex, was Brock Feeney's performance on good. Sunday afternoon. Uh, I thought that was a really good drive and and could have gone better on Saturday again had he not been turned around on the opening lap. So And, and had they not fluffed his pit stop on Sunday morning as well. Yeah, exactly right. So a lot of areas outside of his control, but I thought that was the kind of weekend that we needed to see from Brock. We talked about this on the show last week as well, that we were waiting for that that performance where he looked like he had a legitimate rear gunner for Shane Van Gisbergen, and he was, uh, and really solid pace in that final race to get his second podium of the year uh, and just keeps a nice little buffer between himself, Reynolds, Kostecki, Courtney, Heimgartner, Slade, Winterbottom, that, that close fight for the bottom half of the top 10. So he's sixth there. Wouldn't want to be any lower than that, but just keeping a little bit of pressure on Chaz top five in the championship as well. So uh, he's got J-Dub alongside him for Bathurst. So could get some good points at Mount Panorama. So really solid stuff for Brock Feeney as well, I thought, on the weekend. And, and Jamie won the Friday Grand Prix as well. So. <laughs> he did, oh, yeah. Well, Turns well, out no, he hasn't lost anything. I want to talk about, I want to talk about this because uh, seriously, all things being equal and everything right with cars, there's only four cars that can probably win Bathurst. At oh, the do moment. you reckon? From, from what we saw in the performance of what we saw of the co-drivers. Really? Uh, I, I'm, oh, see, I disagree with that. I reckon there's four cars that are under $3 and the rest are $10 plus. Oh, really? The co-driver's just got to keep it in the game and not bin mm. it in their 60 laps. And then you hand over to the main driver who does the last 100. Yeah, but, but Mark, if the co-driver can pick up half a second, even on other cars, but there's in their cars 30 or 40 lap stint, that's a major advantage. Who are you for? Well, the, the four were the three that were on the on the, the press conference the other day. So Van Gisbergen and Tanda, 100%. Uh, 
Mm. I think Wincup and Feeney really come into it because of the car that they have and because Jamie's driving so well. Uh, and and to me, I think that's even a, a, a different situation. To me, that's nearly Brock is the co-driver in that situation and Jamie's the, the main driver. I think definitely Mozzie and uh, Fabian are definitely a chance up there. So which DJR car misses out? Because I'm assuming your, well, your fourth one is either Moffat Waters or one of the Shell V-Power cars. Yeah, it's probably one of the Shell V-Power cars. And I'm just wondering, do I put Alex and Will ahead of Tony and and uh, Anton? It's, it's a tough Moff, one. I mean, I, I can't remember what the times were on Friday, but Moff looked quick was, out of the game. Yeah, Moff's good. He was going fifth. hard. He was fifth. Yeah, see, I, I reckon this year's Bathurst field is better than last year's in terms of openness. I, th- I think there's more competitive cars. And they didn't have the best showing on the weekend, though they were they were semi-decent again. But, like, Reynolds and yeah. um, Matt Campbell is a very tasty combination 100%. come Bathurst. So, and, yeah, like, Moffat Waters. Like, Waters have been on the podium there last two years in a row, so they're very strong. Yeah. But Erebus um, were competent there last year. Absolutely right. So, you know, Jack Perkins, Will Brown, like Brody Kostecki, Davey Russell, they were on the podium. <laughs> so yeah, I, I actually think it's um I actually think it's a better enduro field this year than it was. So yeah, I, I'm I'm I think there's more than right. that. And I think the other thing, Shebex, and and knowing and yes, it's sand and the times are, are pretty tight, but I think the fact that all twenty four co drivers were within one point one seconds of each other. Yeah, is actually a pretty good endorsement yeah. because they're all relatively evenly matched, which is a pretty good sign. How good was it the in car stuff with Lounsey there on Friday afternoon and Jack Smith's Commodore? That was really mm. cool. Yeah, yep. It Th- was... That that is as good as commentary as he's done since he's become a commentary <laughs> yeah. commentator. <laughs> yeah. You said it. No, that no, was, that was what... entertaining. That it was. was it was genuinely entertaining. TV, I agree. I'd just yes. like to see them do it in a race now, like the TCR boys have been doing. I, I, I popped a question to Jamie at the press conference, and I don't think he understood the question because he gave me a different answer to what I was actually expecting. But I, I feel that the advantage that he has as a team owner, and, and I'm not saying it's a bad advantage, but as a team owner and a, in brackets, type sort of engineer of those cars as well, and, you know, a person that that speaks about how the cars should be set up and he'd be heavily involved in that. The advantage he has by being able to sit in that driver's seat and feel the car and know exactly what it's doing, that's huge for him, I'm sure. No other driver out of the 48 or the, what is it, 52 or whatever it is, that'll drive around Bathurst will have the influence on that car that Jamie can have. Um, Nah. Yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I don't think it's as any different really to Chaz sitting down with Adam Debore after a session and going, I want some more rear roll center or something like that. I, I don't, Jamie might be pulling the strings at Triple Eight now. Well, mm. he might be the team manager on paper right now. Someone else is probably still pulling the strings, but um I don't know if it gives him a massive advantage. Okay. I mean, all these engineers and drivers, they've got different ways in which they operate. You know, some of them, the engineers steering the ship, so to speak, is like, here's your car. It's good. You got to drive it well. And yeah, there's all manner of different range of input between engineer and driver that pans out during a race weekend. So 
yeah, I think it's more a matter of if you unload quick, you're going to be just fine, like Chaz was last year. Mm. 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 Good chat. <laughs> do, do we get do we get anything out of Sandown? Uh, oh, or is it just is it just uh, business as usual? Well, I mean, what? like Tickford didn't really show up, did they? I mean, no. Cam was going for a podium there in that last race, and he dropped it cold. I mean, he had fifth, seventh, tenth. That was his worst. Round going back to the Grand Prix, really. WAU again didn't really blow the lights out. Chaz had a second and a fourth, which isn't terrible, but it wasn't like a Chaz dominant weekend. It was a bit up and down. Tenth in the first race wasn't great. Burkett was still peeing nowhere. Um, Exactly. I think there's a couple of little promising trends. Uh, I think Erebus now have strung together two pretty good rounds back to back at two very different racetracks. So whatever the mid-season malaise that those guys had, I think they've, if they haven't cured it, they've certainly gone a long way to improving where they're at. So Will Brown, for example, 20th in race one at the bend, but then seven, six, four, three, and 11. And that 11 in the final race at Sandown could have been much, much better. They were on for top five there. Yeah. Um, so I think that's that's a promising sign for Erebus going to Pookie. Um Team 18. Team 18, yeah. Yeah, they were the other ones that I was quite impressed with on the weekend. And Scott Pye in particular, 7th, 5th and 7th, that's his best weekend of the season overall Mm. so far. Um, Again, they're a bit hit or miss, but that was pretty solid. And somehow Frosty's still 12th in the championship. I don't actually know how, because I reckon he's been among the most anonymous drivers of the season so far. But um, for whatever reason, Car 18 has just been accumulating and a, a solid fifth place in that final race represented a pretty good result for uh, for that team. He's just got no DNFs. Mm. It is consistent. He's just been yeah. finishing yeah. all the races, which uh, a lot of the people around him haven't been doing. Yeah, I think for me, boys, I think the thing that I, I took out from the weekend is something that Shane said in the in the post-race on Sunday where he said that Andrew, what Andrew Edwards has brought to the mm. team is pit stops. And that they don't make mistakes in pit stops. They obviously did it to Brock, but their strategy has been um, exemplary, unlike Ferrari in Formula One, for example. So they've been so good at the strategy where their potential weak points have now gone, and there is no weakness. And that result, you could see, you know, they do not make any mistakes uh, on that side of other than one for Brock, obviously. But yeah, that's what I, I took out of the weekend was obviously Shane's dominance and that comment he made around um, what Andrew Edwards has brought to the race team this season. Yeah, I, I picked up on that as well. And I thought that was, for the rest of the sports, the last thing anyone needs is that team to get better. But it's exactly what they've done. And and bringing AE into that team has improved their stops. And that's clear. And it's just another one of the little one percenters that they're getting right. No, that's a good one. The other little welcome return to form, I think, for mine was Tim Slade finishing sixth in that final race. And Blanchard Racing have had a pretty shocking run of late, and especially after the start of their season. So... That was a decent comeback. And I thought Andre Heimgartner drove really well. Sixth in the second race on the weekend, probably not representative of the kind of pace they had, um, but keeps them in the mix in the top 10 in the championship after that pretty hefty uh, rebuild that they needed to build a new car after um, after the shunt at the Ben Motorsport Park. So Andre still 10th in points despite a, a DNF and then a DNS at the bend in two races there, I think is uh, pretty good for Brad's team. But you look at Slade, you know, you talk about engineering. He didn't have Mirko DeRosa, Brendan Hogan, Matt Nielsen. None of those guys were in his bunker over the weekend. Mm. And you're standing trackside on Saturday. You 
you didn't have to be very close to the track to know when Tim Slade was coming because that thing was just absolutely grinding along the ground and, and no other cars out there were. The 24 other cars had a bit of ride height in them and Tim's thing was just absolutely banging on the ground, which was clearly wrong and something that they seemingly sussed out for Sunday when he was able to get back up into the top 10. It's been a, a bit of a run of outs for those guys, but um, you know, now that he's got a little bit of uh, direction there, you know, he had a, a couple of top 10s in Townsville, so that wasn't too bad, but um, he sort of had a really good run at the start of the year, and then it's sort of gone a bit wobbly. So hopefully those guys can continue to pull some pace out of the cool drive car. The interesting... The interesting thing for mine, and and ultimately it doesn't mean much sans bragging rights, but 8th to 13th in the championship is less than 100 points. Uh, So there's there's a lot in it. So if you're Will Brown and 13th, you could be 8th coming out of Pukekohe straight away. And on it might not mean an enormous amount, but on your CV... Eighth in the championship looks a whole lot better than 13th, doesn't it? So, and and if you're a little team like um, like Cool Drive Racing, or you're a team that's had uh, results hard to come by, like a BJR, then you know the higher up you get, the better. And then knowing that there's the big double points race at Bathurst coming your way as well, that's that's going to be um going to be important. So that's just a little subplot that that's worth uh, worth following on as this year unfolds. All those in favour of bringing that to 500, say aye. Aye. All those against. Yeah, motion carry. There, isn't it? Yeah. Were pretty strong on a two, weren't they, over the weekend? I think it needs it. The thing that got me, you know, it was a pretty good weekend. It, it was, but that's it. It was pretty good. The mm. whole shebang. It was, yeah. it just felt like um, in the power rankings we wrote, it, it's like that Sunday afternoon, end of the round AFL game that's got no real bearings on the ladder, but it's on because it needs to be played. And yep. it, it just felt a bit like that. Um, it didn't have the the standalone uniqueness that a lot of other events on the calendar have got. And, you know, either Retro Round or the Sandown 500, or ideally both at once, um, would give that event something truly unique. And, and I would have thought brought more people through the gate as well. You know, we talked about in the power rankings, it had a lot of things going for it. Where the merch center was downstairs there, that was a really nice setup. And and some of the things about Sandown are really cool. But then the pricing of the grandstand tickets was such that a lot more people were standing in front of the grandstands in the mush than they were dry up in the grandstand, which mm. was a shame. Because, and like it said in the, the power rankings, the optics of it, you love to have a full grandstand. You price yeah. it reasonably. You fill that bad boy up. And it feels like there's a lot of people there. But when you look up and it's sort of half empty, it's it's a bit of a bad look, isn't it? So it did 100. they miss an opportunity, Tom, this year in bringing back the 500? I understand why they didn't do it during COVID. I, I sort of get that to an extent because they couldn't fly the people around and it made it hard. But did they miss an opportunity this year in not bringing it straight back? Well, Shebex, so I had somebody in the corporate suite say to me, oh, when the race started, oh, this is not a 500-kilometer race anymore. Oh, well, they're doing two races today. Like people just want the 500 back. Yeah. And it's just, you know, that race, I just felt like on Sunday with the two races, when you continually do the super sprint format and the same bloke wins all the time, it gets kind of monotonous mm-hmm. and there's no variety, and especially at sand. And, and we used to love that enduro part of the season where you've got different things that enduro uh, driver race on the Saturday at Sandown used to be the best race of the year because old boys were just mm-hmm. going at it, hammering toms, and we don't have that race anymore. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think 
that lacked the 500 at Sandown. It's tradition, you know, and even if it's retro round or not, we should definitely need to bring that event back because who knows how long that venue is still going to be there as we wrote on the race tour previously. I think that there's two things to take into account as well. One, it was probably never going to happen this year. Just we're technically we're still in COVID and certainly at the start of the year we were. So I understand it not being a thing this year, but I think they need to get get busy and announce it for next year ASAP. Two, there's probably an unfortunate little scheduling clash that if your sport in Melbourne at this time of the year, you are at the 100% mercy of the Australian Football League. And if they have a blockbuster game on at the MCG, you're going to lose fans. It's as simple as that. And I don't want to profile the Supercars audience base, but I wonder how many Supercars fans also barrack for Collingwood. Can I just say on on that, Richard, in the past, that 500's always been run on semi-final weekend Mm. down here in Melbourne. And we've got about The great thing about that is we don't have a Sunday game in the AFL on semi-final weekend. So Sunday's always clear. You're always going to clear the clear race. But on you Sunday afternoon. A couple for, you may lose a couple of qualifying, even though that's early and uh, and the footy's normally not until 7.30 on a Saturday night. Mm. I reckon it doesn't make a difference. If it goes to where the Auckland date is now, which won't be there next year, possibly due to Pookie, they might have to move it somewhere else date-wise. Put sand out in that date. I reckon you're safe. Yeah, I agree. I, the, the Saturday night final Sunday being cleared doesn't, matter especially if it's a sand down 500 people will go yeah. but on sunday afternoon there are eighty-eight and a half thousand people at there the was MCG. last week you're right yes correct. it was the biggest afl crowd of the season yeah and between carlton and collingwood two long old school football clubs with a massive following and i reckon there's a lot of crossover between their audiences and people that would watch a supercar race so there's a reason holden were a major sponsor of collingwood for a decade so i think um i think i thought that, that was just simon mcnamara well possibly uh i think that i'm not saying it hurt the attendance but it, it certainly would have prohibited people from going because collingwood are up and about and you know you can watch supercars on tv or go to the next round in victoria whenever so um yeah i think that plays a role and there's only so much you can do to work around that yeah. but um yeah i think going back to the traditional date just removes all of those worries because you know your sunday one way or another is going to be clear We've lost too much tradition. Stop taking, give it back. Bring back retro round too. I loved retro yeah, round. Yeah, 100%. Yep. Uh, supports were pretty good. Uh, super twos went super two again. Oh, yeah, they went full beyond super full two. super two. Yeah, that was just very silly. There's already been a lot talked about that. Probably should have been under safety car by that point when they all cannon into poor old Jason Gomisell. Um, that was Scotty McLaughlin's uh, Super 2 winning car, DVS it, winning car. It was? It was. I'm not 100% sure, certain it's going to come Will back. Be. It was a very, very large accident. Certainly uh, got into the Armco sound barrier there, didn't it? it? Broke the Armco sound barrier. Sure did. It's truth. Yeah, no good. Um, yeah, but, that was... But the, on that, Kyle, mm. you know, there's through all the stupidity that goes on in those races, and it's got a fair bit of 2012 about it. Remember 2012, yeah. there were massive grids in Super 2, but the stupidity levels were up there as well. This year, same deal, that there's a really deep field, but it's hard to exactly know who's really, really good. You know, obviously, Zach Best went and did his thing at the bend in the main game and put it on pole and, and put on a really good show, which was really good for the Zach Best brand. But other than that, it's all this craziness that goes on. The guy who's standing out for mine is Kyle Allen. Yeah. 
in a dirty old unloved Super 3 car. He was absolutely stuffing it up the Super 2 car. Sixth on Saturday was just incredible. Yep. Yep, I agree. Totally. Cooler Cup. Madness, craziness. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, love. Was, it was fantastic. And Aaron, yeah, Aaron, Aaron loves. Aaron loves. Sorry, not yeah, brother, brother of. Yeah. Uh, he's in really good touch. And remarkably, despite missing two rounds, he's now in championship contention. He's less than 100 points or just over 100 points from the lead. And will he drive out the rest of the season yeah. when he come back? Well, he will now. Yes. <laughs> he's definitely doing Bathurst. And uh, I suspect he'll go quite well there. And mainly because the other three title contenders either don't want or are being forced out of strong positions. So David Wall's team got it wrong in the rain in qualifying on Saturday and qualified down the back. So they had to work their way forward. Dylan O'Keefe had a DNF after contact with Max Vado in the long race on Saturday, yeah. which he got penalised for. And then Harry Jones got KO'd by his own teammate in the final race. Um, so it sort of ended up being all square between those guys. And... Uh, Aaron has charged himself into fourth in the championship and could absolutely win the thing if he continues winning every race. So there's a lot to play out. They get a little break now before they go up to Mount Panorama. But, um, gee, she's pretty compelling. At one point, they were three wide for the lead going into the old Rothman's rise. And um, yeah. any racing category that can do that gets your attention. Mm. Uh, Harry Jones uh, had a good weekend off the track with the announcement of the Michelin Junior Prize. That's good. Yeah, he's winning at life, that young bloke. Um, <laughs> got engaged the week before, uh, leading Carrera Cup, and will go and do the Porsche shootout at the end Maybe of the year, that. which is very, very cool. Impressive young guy. We'll get him on the show before uh, before Bathurst, I think, because he's worth yeah. uh, worth an update and uh, just to follow his career. Tommy, what else stood out for you in support land? Oh, that, that Toyota 86 oh. front straight. Haley Sweeney. Hayley Sweeney absolutely dodging the carnage, gets turned, and then perfect spin turn, off she goes. That was uh, amazing. And we were all sitting together in the in the uh, yeah. in the media center together, and we all went, "Oh no, oh oh, that's a hot." <laughs> See you later. He came back and passed two cars at the next corner. Yeah, yeah it's mad. Yeah, yeah. Well, not not so much. Uh, uh, not there for Fabian Coulthard for tipping uh, him into the spin. That was less than ideal. Normally the uh, Guest drivers have to be a bit more courteous than that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Right. Power rankings, Shebex? Uh, not for me. Of course, this is the direct power rankings that we run every week. We have our own hot, not apart from the ones that we run in the race talk. Uh, not for me at press conferences. Oh, hang on. We normally start with hot, don't we? Oh, do we? Oh, let's start with not, whatever. Carry on. No, no well, I'm happy to start with the hot. Already started. Have one you already started. One. Send it. All right. Not press conferences. Why do we need them anymore? Seriously, the journos don't contribute anything to them anymore. A couple of whackers like myself and a couple of young kids who just want to hear their voice on the microphone are the only ones that are asking questions apart from Chad. If AVL and those sort of guys aren't going to ask questions, then what do we need it for? Just let them go and get their own interviews and just run it. It's a waste of everybody's time. Have you, the 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 YouTube, Have you watched the YouTube, Shebex? Have you watched the YouTube compilate, the YouTube upload that Supercars do with the press conference? Uh, I know you're there for it, but like, it's just like pulling teeth. It's yeah. just so bad. Yeah. Like, oh. So it comes over like that, does it? Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I think, I think uh, Chad asked uh, uh, Shane a question whether he's surprised that Will was doing so well and Will's sitting right next to him and he's kind of like saying, oh yeah, I'm surprised Will's better. Last year he wasn't as good, but this year he's better. 
it's surprising he's beating Anton. I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, okay. Can just, we'll get rid of it. The, the, the drivers obviously don't want them. It's just a, a state on their life. And if it's not servicing anybody anymore, there used to be a time where press conferences, AFL press conferences are fantastic. You get a response from the coach, you get them for 15, 20 minutes, and good questions are asked in, in most cases. But in this, if no one's going to ask a question, if no one's going to get any value out of it, just can it. Yeah. All right. All right. Your turn, Mark. Um, well, I was going to say not to Will Davison because he signed his uh, contract one week too early. Could have put <laughs> a couple extra zeros behind it if he's, he held out a bit. But I'll just go with the... You got his uh, manager down the corner there. You should have asked <laughs> Come on, Tom. Lift. Uh, I'll go with the mud bath. It's not Sandown's fault that it's in Melbourne, but uh, that was probably the best entertainment of the weekend was watching people with Jeeps just get bogged on the grass. It was, really? It was sensational. It was really, really fun Four to watch. Drives but, yeah, they didn't put any chip wood down. I was sort of lucky yeah. that it was a bit blowy there on the weekend that things were able to dry up a little bit and it wasn't a complete disaster trying to get out of there. But uh, if there were a couple more showers on Saturday, Oof. we would uh, still be trying to pull punters out of the car park <laughs> right now. So it was uh, suboptimal. Yeah, I left it. Um, I left the track at like quarter to seven on Sunday night and there was two people being pulled out by tow vans because I was stuck. <laughs> it was hilarious. Uh, Tommy, not super sprint format, just too monotonous, not enough. Not just right now, there's not the super sprint format for me is not providing enough. But there's the first few laps are good, sometimes the last few laps are good, but there's not much good in between. So, we're not getting the tie dig we used to get with with, with tires, and there's not enough crossover in time so there's more passing and, and more blocking and stuff like that so I just think we need to rethink on that format Excellent like it. My not security companies Oh don't start Richard oh, security companies why are and I say this with the fullest of respect to the people that go and work there they're just doing a job but surely surely you can make an effort to not be crap because so many times, oh my goodness, it just incredibly frustrating. I got told off. Uh, to be fair, to be fair, the the gentleman was very polite about it. But I got told off for walking up to the grandstand with my supercars hard card to watch the start of the first race twenty five of the first race on Sunday. I stood right at the very back. I was. In front of those glass windows, I wasn't blocking anyone's view. People in the windows behind me are up a metre and a half anyway. It's all elevated. I got told off for being there. You can't be here. You're only allowed to transit the grandstand area. So, well, I'm meteor. I'm there to watch the race. So I wanted to watch the start of the race from the grandstand. Um, Simple stuff like that. Unhelpful. I just, you have a it, ticket, Richard, that says access all areas. What would you take that to mean? I, I don't know. I don't know. Now, whether they're just not briefed enough, and that's not just my my own being a wanker swanning around with my great pass. Like it, it's not that hard. And I don't understand why these security companies let this happen because they're wearing the bloody name of the venue of the company on their shirt. So every time you have an interaction with them, you look at the company and go, well, 
if I ever need to employ a security company, I'm not employing your lot because they're bloody useless. I don't know what it is, but every single venue we go to, it is an issue. And it just ah, drives me up the, the worst. Sandan is the worst. I would, as a counterpoint, I would like to say the volunteer officials who were manning like the dummy grid and things like that. Fantastic. Outstanding group of human beings. But, um, oh man, it is the bane of professional sports existence, especially at a major event like that. When, uh, those security companies, they really need to sharpen up how they do business. Not even that add to it. I don't know if you saw the footage on the weekend of the fights after the Collingwood Carlton gave the MCG. That's bad. Yeah, it was the, the fight behind the goals went on for two and a half minutes before a security guard got there. Mm-hmm. And there's there must be at least a thousand security guards at the joint. They're everywhere. Yeah, I don't except, know how they except just except when you need them. Except when you need yeah. them. Anyway, that's my uh, little knot for the week. Yeah. Hot chat. Uh, Mark, you're hot. Oh, my hot. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, it, it was hot, but it's not my hot, it was uh, meeting Bert uh, <laughs> from BP. <laughs> Uh, he's That's all real. we've got time for tonight. He's, yeah, he's real. <laughs> he's a good player. It was so funny. When ripper. he walked in the media centre, I've turned to you, Richard, and gone, yeah. oh, I don't yes. have fanboy moments, but I'm having a moment you right now. And then he sat right behind boy. me. He did. <laughs> all weekend. <laughs> the only thing is, it would have broken the internet had we got Bert and hashtag Dark Guy in the oh. same room at the same time and oh. didn't quite able to pull it off. But uh they were in the same venue, ladies and gentlemen. I can confirm I saw them both within the space of half an hour of each other. But uh, for my actual hot, I'll go with the IndyCar point standings with two races to go. Oh, yeah. Like Willpower, 482. Joseph Newgarten, who won on the weekend, 479, three points in it. Scott Dixon, 468. Then Ericsson, 465. Plough, 439. McLaughlin, 428, with another podium on an oval. What a gun. Mm-hmm. And even Pato Award, 424. Like, there's... Absolutely bugger all in that championship. And it's going to come down to Portland and Laguna Seca to round out the season. Really looking forward to seeing who comes out on top of that because two road courses, that is absolutely open for the taking, isn't it? So Scotty probably can't win, but he can finish top three. No, he can still win it. So still win it mathematically. Re- yep. Okay. Yeah, if Thomas go full super two. Yeah. <laughs> IndyCar's due another one of those. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom, what's your hot? Uh, my hot, Marcus Bruce mentioned it, but Kai Allen's my hot. I think he's potentially the next big thing. Um, not going to say that I'm the spotter of all talent, but I've seen some talent over my time. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if he's on a development contract with a big team soon. Like, I think he's definitely one to look for the future. I think he uh, has shown all the Brock Feeney-type um, characteristics and maybe even a bit more. So he's my hot. Nice. Yeah. I like it. My hot, Shebex, uh, I was I was wanted to give a shout out to professional race car teams because I love professional racing car teams. What they their ability to do cool stuff is phenomenal. And turning around Chazzy's car mm. in the time they did with that engine change is amazing. Fixing Will Davo's car after he got smoked out in quality was amazing. All of that stuff. Professional race teams never cease to amaze. Even Tickford and BJR turning brand new cars ostensibly mm. around BJR had the biggest job of all um, in that short amount of time. Just they, they're very, very cool organizations, but my hot and a uh, columns gone live on the race about it now is the 2001 Australian formula Ford championship, the battle of the wills power versus Davison. It was an epic then 
And what I love is that it's continuing onwards, even though they're in separate series. Will Power at 41 could win his second IndyCar championship. Will Davison fighting for second in supercars, still winning races, aged 39 and going on with it. And then throw in the other blokes that were around that era. Scott Dixon was in Formula Holden at the time. And you just get a really, really cool story that continues to write new chapters of it now. So my hot, and it's the 21st anniversary. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, Friday this week is the 25th anniversary of that championship being wrapped up, basically at Queensland Raceway. So uh, I think that's a cool little milestone and a, a remarkable season in Formula Ford racing that has given us two of our very best and brightest, both internationally and here on the domestic landscape. Actually, can I put a little side hot in? Kimi Raikkonen made his NASCAR Cup Series debut at Watkins Glen on the weekend, and yes. he was competent. He mm. was properly competent. Obviously, wet well, conditions exactly. and all that probably uh, played into his hands a bit more if it, than if it was a dry race, but he put on a really good show. And that uh, regular season in the NASCAR winds up at Daytona this week, which will be absolutely on like Donkey Kong. Bring it home, Shebex. My hot is Bob's Bar and Grill. <laughs> that, yes. that what a great place that, that is folks if you live in Melbourne and you live near the Moorabbin area and if you don't go for a bit of a drive Cochrane's Road, Bob's Bar and Grill get in there it is signed out to the max every golden fleece ampole, tobacco alcohol signing find is up on the wall uh, they've, got a, they've got a sign up there promoting the beautiful chicken franchise Red Rooters <laughs> And, that's and some of those right. health, exactly health cigarettes that are good for your lungs. Yeah. Spelling's correct. Just get there. Go yeah. and support some local business folks and get into Bob's Bar and Grill in Cockman's Road, Moorabbin. We didn't get a free feed. We paid for ours. I'm not saying it because we got anything. I'm saying because it it's bloody good. Just go and have a good night. Go have a good burger and a beer and it will be a good place. I mean, you did get a free feed. Hey? You did get a free feed. But Tom, just, Tom yeah, paid but for it. Bob. Tom <laughs> paid for it. I know that. Yes. The, and he the wasn't Doric. even there. This has been the Doric yes. Power Rankings. Brought to you by Doric. Head to yes. doric.com.au forward slash shop. I did offer to pay. No, no. That's all right. No, I, I paid, mate. It's all good. I, AGM. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Uh, that's it for another week. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Will Brown. And hope you enjoyed our chat with ourselves. We'll chat to you next week right here on The Grid. Bye for now.